Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Ears International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. Introducing a shift. And as we know, this family is really good at shifting. We are known for catching it in the spirit and literally just moving with him. What we love about shifts is that Yahweh is so alive, right? We know that. We know that he's not dead. (laughs) But sometimes we don't know how alive he actually is. Well, the reason for shifts is because he is breathing on something new regularly, So if we're not catching those shifts or if we're not feeling like we're getting uh, something new regularly or if we feel like kind of bored or complacent or uh, we feel just in the same thing over and over, and this has just been my life for the last 20 years, it's probably because we're not engaging with his new breath because he has new breath every single day. Okay, so this family is really good with shifts. And as we activate that shift tonight, we are, um, I'm opening up the trading floor now. Okay, so any time that you guys feel led, whether you have cash or checks, um, we are going to, if you're here locally, we're going to throw them. (laughs) We're going to activate that and we're going to throw it into the treasure box. Yes. Yes, in case we can't hear mom on the mic yet, uh, she was saying, this is our amen. So when we hear something, and we're going to hear a lot of stuff tonight that is going to be really good, we're going to want, with our amen, to throw it like we mean it, okay? So, um, So that's why the treasure box is there. And then those of you that are giving online, or even if we want to text to give, I'll be texting to give, you can do your amen through that as well. It's all right if you have an amen every two minutes. (laughs) Okay, just text 928-288-4547. And we're just going to have fun with our giving. Okay, so... um, it was really interesting because in, I know that mom and dad are actually going to talk more about the shift that's going on. But you guys know in the month of October, we are actually in Heshvan. Is that how you say it? Hesh. I, I don't have my Hebraic on yet. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that yet. But it's Heshvan. And so in this month, it's known as a quiet month. So what was significant for me in hearing that was I had been telling people, I'm not feeling like it's a firework month. I'm not feeling all these like fireworks happening, but I am feeling shifts. And I am feeling a deep uh, desire for connection, for intimacy, for face-to-face. I just need like, I'm just hungry for that, right? My expression more came out with mom and dad of like, I need you more. Okay, that's what I was feeling. And so in learning about um, October and that it's a quiet month, I found it interesting because we're also in the night season. So in the night season, we know that we dream, we strategize. That is when he is, he's with us and we are, you know, embracing the darkness, which I don't know if you guys read the, uh, the newsletter, the Kingdom Mares newsletter that goes out. If you don't have access to that, you'll want to get in touch with me or Ellen and we could put you on there. But um, 
it was really cool because in that newsletter, they were talking about how darkness is normally viewed. Okay, let me just share how I used to view darkness <laughs> um, because that's a major shift in my life as well because of this family. Um, so I used to view darkness as something bad, okay? I would look for every demon in the darkness. I would see shapeshifters. I would see you know, forms, I would see all of these things. And that's what darkness was to me, okay? Now what we're, we've been learning is actually the darkness, it's so funny how the enemy twists that or how religion twists that or how we partner with that because the night season, the darkness is actually an invitation from the Father to pursue his mysteries. That's what darkness is for, <laughs> Which I felt so interesting because that's, that's not what I've ever known. And so in engaging that, it's been really fun to be able to flip that and say, okay, instead of discerning all of these different things that I was used to discerning, to give glory to a side, I wasn't actually trying to serve, but I was kind of serving. <laughs> um, I want to give glory where glory is due. And I want to honor those opportunities that he has set forth where he's saying, in this darkness, come pursue. Come get a little closer. Come get a little bit more intimate. Come and just hear what I have to whisper to you. And so the format tonight is taking that on because we have a mother and a father that are willing to, in a sense, uh, express that on earth. Okay, so this roundtable season we felt like was um, an introduction into just being able, you know, as a family, we've been traveling <laughs> to New Mexico. We've been putting our hands to a lot of things because it was the day season, right? So now that we're in the night season, he, we felt like it was really appropriate to just get close, be able to see each other face to face, and then start to be able to hear from mom and dad um, in a way of strategizing for the night season. So we are excited to do that. Um, today I was actually thinking about um, like, because what mom and dad give us is always a prototype well, I guess the way I look at it is like, I'll look at it the same way Yeshua had disciples on earth, right? Is how I'll see mom and dad raising this family. And I was thinking about that today, knowing this was all going to take place. And um, I was thinking about like believers versus disciples, which is what dad had released on a few months back. Um, and it's on our podcast. I think it's actually labeled believer versus disciple. Um, but anyways, I was thinking about how Yeshua, like when he walked this earth, he had the 12 that he chose, um, and, and they were his followers. They were his disciples. And I was thinking about how we'll see that, and then we'll jump from there all the way to, like, how did they die? Okay? We'll think about their, his disciples, and we'll think, okay, they were martyred. They were cut in two. They were beheaded. John the Beloved boiled in oil. I mean, we'll think about that, right? At least for me, that's literally where I jump. I will jump from the beginning to the end, and I miss all the in-between. <laughs> and so in thinking about that, I was like, you know, we think that he, like, came on this earth, and he poured himself out for three years in these disciples, and then these disciples went, and they were able to withstand awful deaths because they had three years with him, which is true. But I guess what Yahweh was revealing to me today is 
that they were not just disciples, they were sons. Like, it's their sonship that he raised them up in that kept them throughout that whole time to where when he was removed, they were able to continue and multiply what he had instilled in them and accept the new thing, right? Because Ruach was then introduced to them. And so it carried them through because they were sons and they knew their place. They knew their position. They knew their seat, which is what we were talking about last, I think that was last week. Um, and so it just got me thinking about like he, they needed a father to raise them up in the way they should go so that they could continue that legacy, right? And they could continue until the death. Like there are things that they had to die for right? They had to die on behalf of, but they could only have done that because they were raised by a father. And so we always talk about in this family that the dining room table saves lives. Conversations at the dining room table saves lives. And so tonight, as we have mom and dad that are presenting and literally gathering us and raising us up during these table talks, that is what they're preparing us for. They are preparing us and raising us up so that we can stand on what Yeshua wants us building on. And then in the end, I'm not saying we're going to turn into those martyrs, but we all do experience death in multiple ways, right? We will know what we are willing to die for because we're being raised up. Does that make sense? And so that is the opportunity being handed to us tonight. It's, just, it's another method. It's another um, area where we get to be equipped, equipped to then turn and go out. So, without further ado, um, I wanted to, well, actually, mom and dad, I'm actually going to have you, um, yeah, we release you. (laughs) We release you to be mom and dad. I'm actually really excited that we get to just call you mom and dad, that we get to just be like, hey, this is a night with the mother and father of this region. This is a night with the nana and padrino. Like, that's so exciting because that's what the kingdom looks like. So, you are free to unleash on your sons and daughters. Thank you. I just just had to, like, I looked down at my shirt. I'm like, mm. Just brains and beauty is all you get to see. (laughs) (laughs) Just to add on to what Sally was saying is... One, to just kind of introduce a shift that happened, or I should say the shift always is there. It's just us partnering with what that shift is and trying to administrate that shift. And um, what we were, I think Ellen had said it best. Sally said, I don't feel fireworks. Ellen said, can we just, can we just see one another? You know, like when you, busy summer and we traveled in New Mexico and what pillar are we on? And when's the last time we taught? I don't even know. And so it's just one of those moments where it's like, can we just, you know when you're in your family and you're like, it has been not bad. Like before when we would have to come together and be like, all right, we need to talk and have an anyways meeting because we're forgetting some things. That's not what this is. What this is, is we've been so, um, we've been getting ready for the building that now it's a real time for for strategy to come forth in what we're actually gonna build like in six months. 
So with that and with the busyness of everything, we just felt like it was time for us to just say, can we, can we, can we just look at one another? Can we just see one another? And we're still going to um, be, we're still next week going to be aware of heaven. We're still going to be teaching tonight. We're still going to be having a family dinner and get together where we have uh, our financial meeting. We're still going to be interceding. It's just going to look like roundtable discussion in the context of, can we just come together and look at one another? And I want to remind us of some things. And I think that this is going to preface moving forward, if I can be as bold as to say that. I don't know what things are going to look like moving forward, but what I can say, what I can feel in my spirit is we've had a vision and we have had a declaration and we've had a, de- uh, a decree over this family since before we moved into this building. That vision is still going to play itself out, right? What I feel is that we're actually going to see that vision come to pass in the next six months. Amen. So there's some things that we need to get ready as a family. Does that make sense? I'm basically, this is your warning. <laughs> So if you don't want to amen, that's fine. But I'm covered because it's on podcast. If people weren't here tonight, they're just going to have to figure it out. This is the mother's warning that your lives are going to drastically change in the next six months. (laughs) But no, and I don't, and like I said, I don't know what that looks like, but this is what I do see. I see that this is a time, this is the night season, and we can say that every year. But there's something about this season that he's prepared us out of the day season that we just came out of that he really wants us to be strategic in our dreaming and in our strategy because our next day season is going to look very different than our last day season. It's like saying tomorrow is going to look very different than today. And, um, and I think for this family, that, that's, uh, that's going to be part of it. So remember, we're not necessarily moving in a certain direction. We're just going back to the original intent. You guys all know I've taught on this, right? But we've taught on uh, the word is koinonia, right? That word koinonia, fellowship, am I saying that right? I didn't plan on talking about this, but, it, but it's significant because when we really began to woke up at the old building, he took away our chairs, he took away the platform, He took away the way we were standing because he said it is time for you guys to see each other face to face instead of looking at the back of each other's head. Then in the context of trying to navigate a big transition where you're moving a building, now you have to understand we were moving from a building that was like a a God. It was a lot of idolatry going on. So to rip out a home, can you only imagine if you were living in your home for 60 years, and then all of a sudden, you're always like, it's time to move. You're going to be like, but I had all my memories in that home, right? You'd, all of a sudden, it's just... So then when we transitioned into here, we wanted here to still feel like home, knowing that home isn't going to look like what we've seen. So is that making sense? So what we are seeing is that like the time is up for us to even operate the way that we've been. What that means, I don't know, because it's time for us to strategize in the night season. That's where the dreams are going to come to pass, but it will look different when the sun rises, meaning we may still have a worship night, but we might be facing one another. We might be, we don't know what it's going to look like, but it's not going to necessarily look the way that it was. It may not even be in this building. 
Because you guys know that the original vision, we never wanted this building. This building was just part of the contract to get out of the other one. We just happened to own a bigger space, but this was never the ultimate goal. So what is that goal? <coughs> Do we know? What's that goal? What is Kingdom Air going to own at some point? A home. Not that this can't be a home, but like a literal home where there is a living room and there's, see? <laughs> where there's a kitchen and, and not that... No, it's right there. (laughs) And when and how and what, but we are a family that is entrepreneurial. We are a family that is not church. We are a family that is breaking that down. So it would be detrimental if we just went back to the old saying it's new, but it looks the same, but not necessarily operating the way that he's asked this family to operate, which is to be uh, business-minded to be, and we're going to talk about this during our financial meeting, that we are not afraid to be millionaires. That's something that we have been told you're supposed to be poor, but that is not at all what the kingdom says. <laughs> Get it, Logan. <laughs> he went beyond. So so there's just some, there's some family identity that we want to begin to build into the family as we move forward, because how are we going to step into those things if we don't know that we're called millionaires? So, okay, if we're at the head of the table and we're mom and dad and we say that we are millionaires and we leave a legacy, then every single one of you should be walking with the perspective that that is yes and amen for your life now. Probably sooner than later, but some people think it's never gonna happen. But that that is a part, that's why you're here. You would not be attracted to this craziness if you were not, called to a family and legacy and heritage versus a program, a band-aid, and a feel-good thing. Okay, so if, but here's the thing, if you say yes to the long term, there's some things that are going to come along with that, which is a lot of responsibility, a lot of, um, um, anyways, you know, you know what comes with, with all of that. So, so this month in particular, I don't know what November is going to look like, but for October, it's going to be this setup where we want to see one another and we're going we're gonna to facilitate the services or at least the things that Yahweh has asked us to activate as a family, being aware of heaven, worship, um, teaching, intercession, family nights in this setting, okay? Part of that is also flowing with the month of, of Heshvan. That, it's a, it is a quiet month, but here's why. It is the only month that does not have any holidays in it. It's the Heshvan. This month is the only month that does not have anything going on in it. So they call it the silent month. But that doesn't mean be quiet, be silent. What it is, is that it's a time for us to really engage. It's almost like I see last week was kind of the, um, not, not, not necessarily in this manner, but like the lullaby that sung us to sleep. And I don't mean like I said it in the old, like I don't mean like to sleep, but I mean into the night season. And then you have this next month of just a real deepness of silence where we get to begin to strategize. And that's what is the beginning of tonight. 
that make sense? So that's why we're not going to do anything. Because right after Heshvan is the next month, and it's Hanukkah, and then it just goes, goes, and goes, and goes from there. So for now, we just want to turn inward. We want to release family identity. We want to get really practical. When I say strategy, what does that mean in your family? How are we going to do this? What is this going to look like? We're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to do Q&A. We're, going to have, uh, we're just going to have a lot of dialogue so that we are actually equipped for the move equipped for what is to come. Amen? So um, we wanted to start off every one of these Fridays with communion. I've been hearing it from sons and daughters really wanting to activate Shabbat and recognizing that one of the, one of the most amazing things is that Yahweh told us to start meeting on Friday nights and we don't know why. And then we found out it was Shabbat. But here's the thing. It would be very easy for me. It's teaching night. And I'm working on Shabbat. So this is going to be the beginning of us strategizing as a family. What does it really look like to do this as a family and not get into that works mindset? That's why I said, come comfy tonight, because we really want to activate that, the, the beginning of Shabbat. It's us learning to rehearse. You guys know, as of right now, this is the beginning of our family rehearsing that right in this moment for the next 24 hours, we have no problems, we have no concerns, we have full access, full provision, right? There's no work. Tonight marks a night that is supposed to be different than your everyday life. Whatever that is for you, this isn't a religious thing where you're supposed to do this and you're not supposed to do this, but if you and I've said this before, if you diligently make your bed every single morning, I challenge you to not make your bed tomorrow. Just let it go because you are rehearsing rest. Now here's the thing. If you are one that never makes your bed, maybe he wants to engage a different type of rest with you and he wants you to be productive. So you see what I'm saying? You can be productive in rest because it's all about making this rehearsal different than your everyday life because it's holy. Because you, now we live, our, we live every day like this, right? We wanna to get to the point where you get in the car and you're like, whoa, what was that? And you're just reminded, I am rehearsing. And you, it's a, but how are you going to get to that lifestyle if you can't even remember Friday night's supposed to be different or Saturday morning's supposed to be different? How are you supposed to get out? How are you going to know that on Monday morning you can engage heaven if we haven't even acknowledged that Saturday is the beginning of our week because we're still stuck on Monday morning? We're still allowing the world and our bosses to tell us what starts, but Saturday night is the beginning of our week. That is our first fruit. Whatever your Saturday night looks like is what the rest of your week looks like. Not Monday morning. You know, people, oh, I woke up Monday morning and I started off my week. No, you start your week Saturday, but if we don't start to shift some of those things, then we're not gonna know when it comes when we really wanna rehearse. So for tonight, we go ahead. Friday night is Shabbat, but Saturday night is the beginning of the week. This is the end of the week. It's the day of rest. It's what Christians call Sunday. We have entered Sunday. <laughs> Does that make sense? So tonight is the seventh, the seventh it, in Genesis where it says uh, night and day, and it is good. This is, the this is the night of the rest in Genesis. So everything has been done. 
Everything in your life, I'm going to get to you, girl. Everything in your life has been created. It just happened. Think, I mean, you guys can engage Genesis. You could just say, man, I'm really going to engage heaven with my marriage on the day that Adam and Eve, you know what I mean? Like, I'm really going to engage animals. Like, how many of us are like, ugh, to animals or people or whatever? It's like, man, what, what is it that he has created in your life strategically, the night, the day, the stars, the water, the air, all of this can be engaged, the animals, husband and wife, all of those things to now like, ah. It's all been done, and now I just rest in what he has done. Does that make sense? Go ahead. Because uh, there's a couple things. Um, the, the biggest thing that I know of was in Greek mythology, they would honor the sun god. And so in order to incorporate and blend the religions together, Christianity, Catholicism at that time, because there was no Christianity, right? Catholicism blended with uh, a lot of the Roman culture and they honored the sun god. And so in order to put them together, they said, how about we make the day of rest be the same day as sun god and then that way we can just make everyone pacified and they'll both be happy and then we'll be good. Yes, yes. They did it to blend cultures so that they could be inclusive. Did I explain that? Okay. Inclusion was happening back then, and we see it now. So, compromise. Hi, guys. AKA compromise. So, do you want to lead us in starting off Shabbat? Yeah, so we're, we're going to start tonight with communion, and everything that she's talking about you know, it just makes me think and realize that as we rehearse, we're seated in a place of authority, right? Like when you think of how we were created, it said, take dominion and subdue the earth, right? Like we're seated in that type of place as we rehearse tonight and we engage in Shabbat. And so I'm excited about what we're going to get into tonight, but we're going to do communion first. And each and every individual head of your house, male, female, right? Like Regina, you're going to go and grab your bread. Um, you know, and if uh, Shirley and Matilda, you guys can do communion together. Just choose somebody as the head of your own house that's going to go grab the bread. We're going to break bread together. And I want you to be thinking that as we do this, it's going to set the tone for what we're getting into tonight. So we want you guys to really just let it settle on your spirit that what we're doing tonight is setting things in motion. Mm-hmm. And While we sleep. We're in a state of rest, but we're in a state of, of absolute authority. And so things are going to be set in motion tonight, and the tone for that is us breaking bread together. So, And we don't want us, we do not want to have anything that is not supposed to move into a place of rest to be part of the movement. So remember when you're breaking bread as families uh, that you really do, you, 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 um, I'm trying to think of, you, you settle some things 
Does that make sense? Like when you get together with your family, settle anything that is there or undone because you're rehearsing, you have no problems. So here's the, this is your opportunity. We're gonna have like 10 minutes because you don't wanna wake up on Saturday morning and be like, okay, can we talk about Thursday? Because you're not allowed to do that, okay? So this is our time to settle that and promise one another for the next 24 hours, I'm engaging the heaven in you. I'm not engaging the irritation in you. I'm engaging the heaven in you. I'm not engaging the, you know, you ignored me on Wednesday or whatever it may be. What we want to engage is what we see in rest, okay? So that's the movement that we want. Um, and if there's anyone that is alone, even though you're the head of the house, find another family and come underneath the wing of another head if you feel led to do that. And we will get together in groups and break bread and engage. Yeah, so we'll take, we'll take five, ten minutes. So go ahead and um, grab some challah bread, grab some juice or wine for your family, for your house. Take a look at the bottle with the wine, whether you engage with that or not, because it has, there's stars on that bottle. So engaging the night season. And then uh, as you are partaking, remember that this is a rehearsal of what you're putting in your body transforms your DNA. That is how powerful this is. While we are in a culture that talks about all these things that you need in order to be healthy, that what he has in our family as we partake in one bread ripped apart for each of us to partake, that means that when I ingest that bread, it is the same bread that Jessica's in, ingesting. And our DNA is transforming as we partake of that same bread. So remember to engage in that, those healing powers as we begin to uh, walk in that. Okay? Amen. Go get the bread. So let's do that. Okay, come over here. Run quick in case you guys got lots of stuff you got to settle. Nia. Does everybody feel good? Everybody feel somewhat settled? Kind of get the week, you know, off your mind, off your spirit. Um, one of the things that I just want to re reaffirm just the place that we're in right now after doing that together is that when you break bread, when the bread is broken, it symbolizes a divided kingdom. And as we break bread together and we consume of him, what we're doing is truly uniting the kingdom back together, the two houses becoming one. As we break bread, that's what's happening. And so you're talking about genuine unity taking place. And when you look at Psalm 133, it says, when brothers dwell in unity, what happens? Commanded blessings. Blessings are literally commanded. Okay, so that's, I want you to be thinking of that, right? Yeah, not, not maybe blessings, not, you know, down the road blessings. We're talking about blessings are commanded in your life. But not even prayed for blessings or wishful blessings or. Right, so that's, have that as a backdrop for tonight. It's a law. 
like the law of gravity commanded. So be thinking of that because that's really the place that we're in as of right now. And so what I want to say to preface tonight when, when we're talking about the dinner table and, and we've all heard it said, you know, conversations at the dinner table save lives. And um, just kind of a quick testimony in our, in our ministry experience. And when I say that, ministry or minister literally means service or servant. Okay, so when you, when, if, if I say in our ministry experience, I'm basically saying in our service to Yahweh. Okay, and we know in this family, ministry is not exclusive to us, right? Nobody's, nobody's excluded from ministry seated at these tables right now, right? Nobody's excluded from service to Yahweh, okay? So I just want to say that as well. When I talk about in our ministry experience, I'm not saying in our experience as pastors of an organization or pastors of a church. That is not what I'm talking about. Or we're not talking about your service to Yahweh on Sunday morning. Right. <laughs> Right, because it's not just there's there's this disassociation where I'll serve him on this day, but nobody has to know what's going on the rest of the week, and then I'll then I'll serve him on Sunday or I'll think about him on Sunday, and then not have any transformation the rest of the week. So same same thing. But I I can confidently one thousand percent say that the seeds of the greatest fruit we have seen and our life of service have been sown at a table. Seated at a table, sitting, you know. Usually with food. Breaking bread with somebody, <laughs> right? Breaking bread with somebody, but I was thinking about it just now as we were. Because there's counselor tables. Mm-hmm. In, in our life of service to him, the greatest fruit, even this right now, this us all seated together, the greatest fruit we've seen, the seeds have been sown at a dinner table, literally, literally. And what we set in motion at the dinner table, when we're intentional about it, and even our lack of intention can set things in motion. Okay? But when we're intentional at a dinner table, you can literally safeguard your path forward for your family. By, being, by doing what we're doing right now. There has been conversations that we've had with our children, with our oldest son at the dinner table that has safeguarded him as he's out walking his walk. And it brings him back to the table to be able to discuss those things and talk about those things and continue to safeguard those things. So I, I feel like Man, tonight is so powerful because we've set a tone, we've engaged, we're rehearsing, we're understanding that we're operating in a level of unity where blessings are commanded in your life. And, when I, and the reason why I say that is because what we're going to do tonight and just in a practical way, totally informal, interactive, is really set things in motion for the day season to come, right? Which is how many months from now? Like five months. Five months from now. So when we, uh, when we engage in these type of things, when we set things in motion, you're literally creating something from within yourself. It's not the things that are going to come up in you that the Holy Spirit's going to show you is not something 
that you uh, that is afar off that you have to you have to uh, strive for. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be a process, but it's not something from the outside in. It's something that you're literally producing out of yourself because you're setting it in motion. You're putting it out there. You're you're stirring it up. You're starting to recognize some things about your role in that thing coming to pass. Okay, so as as a family and as individual households, what we really want to do tonight is talk about the actual, the practical side of what does it look like to sit at the dinner table as a family during a season of rest, during a season of authority, to really set things in motion, to engage vision for the future of your house, engage vision for the future of your children, whatever that may be, and how do you practically set those things in motion? How do you safeguard those things? How do we understand our individual role in that process? Because a lot of, I mean, a lot of this, I think most people don't think about these things. We just go through life. And if we're not, if we're not setting things in motion in and of ourselves, then we're just going to go down a path and find ourselves in some place down the road and look back and think, you know, what have I been doing for the last year, for the last two years, for the last three years? You know, some people, as this would be terrifying. What have I done with my life? Right? Because we're not, we're not setting things in motion. We're not engaging vision. We're not taking the time to rest, to actually take a step back and say, what does Yahweh want me to do? What did he put in me? that's unseen, that is going to become seen in this next day season. Amen? And, I mean, that's a lot of big picture talk, so we want to get to the practical of that. And just as an example, in and of our house, our family, there, I'm a very big picture person. I can, I can set a trajectory and say, this is where we're going, but I'm not very good at, well, what do I need to do right now? What, what do I need to do about it right now? And I, I've had a hard time understanding that about myself, right? And it causes a lot of frustration, especially if I don't understand, if I don't understand who I am, how am I going to understand who she is and how, what, what role I play and what role she plays and how do those things work together? Now, I'm not saying you have to be married, but if you are married, you've got two pieces of the puzzle that you have to work with right? If you're single, you just, you need to understand yourself and the role that you play and what Yahweh's calling you to do in your life, right? So for us, it's, we've been married going on 18 years and it's been a process to even understand how those things operate. But the, the cool thing, the encouraging thing I can tell you is that everything that's been made manifest in our life has been the result in one form or another of us sitting down at a table and taking a step back and, and starting to set things in motion, starting to understand this is, this is what Yahweh put in me and what he called me to do. This is what Yahweh put in her and what he called her to do. And how do those things complement each other to where we're not knocking heads and fighting against each other? Does that make sense? And remember that every time we talk about marriage, that's just a prototype of the two houses. So even if you're single, you can hear it in another dimension of what is going to come your way when you know your role 
and you have, you know who you are, and then all of a sudden you meet the other house, right? So there's that, there's that aspect of working that out. Whoever you may be in covenant with, we could be talking here, but I am divinely connected to all of you, and there's a role that I play, and there's a role that you play because you're all at the dinner table, and we are a family that moves forward. And so this, when we talk about, because we're going to get really practical within the family structure, but when we do that, always remember that there's dimensions, and it's not just about that because it's for everyone. So even for like Maddie, who could be thinking, I don't think she does think this, but who could be thinking, well, I'm not married. She knows this is skills for me for the rest of my life, whether it be with a best friend, whether it be with who I'm going to be in covenant with, whether it be in submission to my parents. How do we do this together? Because what we're doing right now, to be honest, is dangerous. The reason why you don't see churches doing this is because it's a lot easier to look at the back of somebody's head than it is to look in the faces of those that I have to face tomorrow when we're making big decisions and big changes and a lot of movement and I have to just look look at right you have to you have we have to look at it. It's much easier to be part of the circus. <laughs> where you're just looking forward to the show. I can stay hidden. This is between me and God and then go home when in reality, that was just your way of saying you want no accountability and you want to be able to do whatever you want to do. Right? And here's why I'm bringing that up. Because everything he just talked about, there's gonna be two things that we're gonna discuss tonight. We're gonna talk about the house divided and we're gonna talk about language. We're still in the pillar of language. And remember the last time we taught, we taught about making sure that we have the right mindset because if your mind is saying something different than your heart, then you're not manifesting what it is that you're declaring because your heart is expressing something. But if your mind is really like, yeah, I don't believe that, then the law of attraction, whatever it is, the thoughts, our energy are going out and it's a house divided. That's what gets attracted back to you. So we talked about that last time. Tonight, we're gonna do the same thing, but we're just gonna make it very practical about our language. How do we safeguard what he's talking about? How do we create an atmosphere within our homes to where our language is really co-creating what's to come? How do we match our language up if we don't know what we're supposed to be going towards and we don't know the steps on how to get there? How is our language gonna match up? We're just trying to get our language right to get to work right. Not to have road rage or not to, you know, you were just trying to get to work right, let alone what kind of language do we set in the night season to, for things to um, come to fruition? What is going to be attracted next March? What is going to be attracted to this family? What is going to be, what are we going to be pulling into ourselves because we are not a house that is divided because our head and our heart is completely aligned as well as our head and heart is completely aligned. If this is not completely aligned, that attraction is not going to come. And so there's an aspect that what he's doing in this family is he's not only getting our hearts and our minds to, to think the same or to follow the heart, but then can we get as practical in this family to say in the household, who's the heart? Because, you know, you were taught in religion, the head is the, the man is the head and the wife is the, what does that mean? What does that mean, right? Because I'll get to you. Because in our situation, you have somebody who's a visionary and I'm the practical. Well, guess what? Now, all of a sudden, I'm the one that wears the pants. No, I'm just a manager. 
right? But there's this thing where the world just puts on you, you need to be this role, you need to be this role, and it's like, no, let's identify what this role is. Who is the head and who is the heart? How does that get connected and how do I follow the heart? How do I follow emotion? Because if I'm taught religion that he's the head and I'm the heart and it's like you come under him and I'm just, not that that's the way the situation is, but now we've missed the whole concept where he said out of the heart flows the issues of life and being led in that way, whatever that may look like, and maybe it changes on a daily basis. Maybe it never changes. But identifying who's the head and who's the heart is really going to give us some strategy moving forward on who we're supposed to follow and what our roles are, if that makes sense. Does that, does that make sense? Go ahead, Tatum. No, like I was saying, there's multi-dimensions. So I feel like from, for a child and parent, just like with us and you guys, there's an aspect where when I'm working with you guys, I'll, I'll begin to identify in that conversation who's operating as the heart and who's operating as the brain. Because a lot of times the brain's like, let's do this, 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 and the heart is like, but we just have to, right? I'm, okay, a perfect example would be me and Megan. I'm talking to Megan and she's just like, we just have to love people. And I'm just like, how? <laughs> Right? Like it's, but, but I have to acknowledge it doesn't mean like, okay, because here's the thing. This is what's happening within the relationship. Religion says it's all vertical. Right? If I just followed Megan, we would just, you guys, I, sh- I probably shouldn't pick on her. She's not here. She'll be okay. Right? Well, you're we, making we, the point. If you, if you if only we, have one piece. If I only have gonna... one piece and I say, oh, well, that's stronger and that sounds better than my practicality, then I guess we'll follow that. Then we're just going to be love, which is awesome. But then we never manifest it on earth, right? Because their religion says it's all vertical, which is yes. But if we just stay all vertical, we're never manifesting on earth. And if all we do is manifest on earth, you have no idea what Yahweh's saying and you're totally building man's tradition. This is the pendulum swing. This is why there's a cross. <laughs> it is both vertical and lateral. And as a family, when we have some of the practical tools, we can learn what does that really look like to operate vertical and lateral. So we have both pieces to the puzzle and we have uh, a fully functioning body. So we're going to deal with language. We're hoping that that's what's going to come out tonight is we really want to practically deal with our language. What does that mean out of the heart flows the issues of life? What, is it, what does my language need to be in order to usher in this day season? And, then, um, and, and, and your language has to follow that deep connection and that there would be no division. So, Yeah, let me give you an example of, of just how, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's really challenging work to figure these things out. Well, I mean, we're still figuring it out, right? It's not, a, it's not a simple thing. It's not anything we're saying, oh, this is easy. Because for the longest time, when, we, when you talk about building, when you're given something to build that's his design, you have to be so diligent to align your language according to that. There's been so many times in my life where I've seen what I know he wants me to build and we'll talk about it and whatever her response is in my lack of understanding of who she is, I'm like, oh, she doesn't understand. I would, th- I would say to myself, 
she doesn't understand. In my lack of understanding of who she is, and really, really what's happening is Yeshua is saying, no, you don't understand who you are. I'm saying she doesn't understand who I am. He's saying, no, you don't understand who you are. Right? Because I'm, I'm not even understanding myself first. I'm judging her level of understanding me, and I don't even understand myself. How can I expect her to understand me when I don't understand me? Right? And so <laughs> that's just an example of how I have seen what he wants me to build, but my language was framing something else. My yeah. language was opposing the vision that he gave me because I'm framing something else. So this is a lot to sort through. So we, I, I mean, tonight, I just kind of maybe open a can of worms or whatever, but there's a lot to, there's a lot of layers to this and the dynamics that happen at the dinner table. And when you talk about vision and setting things in motion, you really have to let things fall into place in the proper way. Meaning in a household, um, you know, now we have our oldest son who's a man now. Well, he's, he is... Not, he's not the head of the house, but he's another man in the house. So I will, in addition to consulting my wife, I want his opinion. And what's his role in the house? Because he's another man in the house now. So you see how there's all these dynamics. And um, so I think where we'll start is this. Because maybe sometimes you have to kind of take a step back and, and, and look at your life and kind of bring it into focus on paper. And I think that might be a good place to start tonight. Um, we'll call it mapping. The way that I, the way that we've done it, is you know, like I personally drew a star of David, and I just started putting things that were on my mind about my life, uh, finances, our relationship, the kids, you know, whatever. So you can start to bring everything that's on your mind into focus. Not every little detail, but just, you know, big picture things that are on your mind, whatever that may be. And then compare it with where, with what, you know, what's on her mind. And are we in two totally different places? You know, that's, that may be where we start at. And so, what do you think? We'll take a few minutes for people to kind of think about how you want to do that, how you want to kind of map where you're at so you can just get a visual, take a step back and see kind of where you're at with your thoughts, where you're at in your life, what's being stirred up. So let's be, uh, let's be specific. Let's be specific. What, Rena? Huh? Your son is not old? Oh. So, uh, that's going on podcast. <laughs> so let's be specific. Um, obviously, Life goals, right, can get kind of crazy. Yeah, big picture, right? Now she's going to break it down. <laughs> <laughs> if it was just me, you guys would just be like, okay. What am I going to do when I'm 80? I'm like, okay, let's focus on tonight. <laughs> See? <laughs> okay, but now here's the thing. It is so, it is, to me, it is so easy to see like what is detrimental in that. But you guys, but for me, if I didn't have that push, I would be totally fine with comfort. We would never move. There would be no risk. 
I would create our life to where we are all bubble wrapped. There would be no risk. He'd be like, 100% risk, let's go. And so that's why we have this, uh, that's why we have, have this union. So, okay, so for tonight, let's focus on, he said the star of David. Is that five points? Six, six points. Identify in your time, whether it be individual or together, however you feel led, identify the top six things in your life that are a constant like children or wanting to wanting to yeah not necessarily a goal but the topic what are the six things in your life that are um that are your destiny banners you know at the end of my life this the I want I want to know that I have succeeded and been intentional about this these six things there's going to be 50 things you're going to be intentional about but what are the top six things that you are intentional about identify those and I want you to identify within your relationship just for this night season let's see if we can do this this might be a little intense and it'll probably bring up some conversation, but let's identify who's the head and who's the heart. Just for this season, don't get locked into, well, then if I'm always the heart, then I'm always, it might just be for this season, try to identify a little bit of what Yahweh has given you within your role, because that's going to help us moving forward. And if you're, um, like in Linda, in your situation, maybe there is those top six things include other people. You could identify head and heart within those six things. It could be uh, identifying when when am I to walk like a heart and when am I to walk. Like you can start to identify the role because a lot of you are going to be playing both that, you know, that are, that are alone in that. So it'll be Yahweh is going to extend that if that makes sense. And so it might be identifying um, even something as practical as like the first month when I dream, I need to focus on the heart. Because I'm always in the head. I need to really tap into being the heart. And then maybe the next month, it's going to be really tapping into to more, of the, the more of the mind. So, he, so he could speak to you in a million different ways on how this is going to look. But what we want to identify is where is the house divided? Whatever tool gets you there to realize you've got some division in there to be able to move forward. Does that make sense? So top six things and head and heart. And we'll just take like, yes, Gabe. Just this night season for the next day season. But the top six things would probably be like your life. Like, you know, the top six things. And then what we'll do is we'll end up dividing up those six things into goals for this next year. And remember, it's Happy New Year. It's the beginning of the year. And so it's the beginning. And what we want to do is this is, the, this is the intention. You know, right before you go to sleep, whatever you lock eyes onto is usually what you're going to dream about. So be careful about what you're engaging in when you're laying in bed, <laughs> right? Oh, you guys are looking at me like, ooh. <laughs> but I'm, you know, whatever music you're, if you're going to bed mad, if you're, you know, watching something that numbs you or what, you know, and then you start dreaming and they'll be like, did that have to do with really begin to identify what do we want to look at in the night season? Because it's in the night season, night season that the mysteries are going to be revealed. Sally said it great. Darkness was always scary. Darkness is his mysteries. And he says that his kings and queens get to have access to his mysteries. So this is not a scary thing. But we also are co-creators. We, you in this conversation right now could completely change what you dream about. 
because he gives you that permission. He trusts you. It's religion when you go, oh, uh-uh, I ain't gonna play with that. He'll just, he'll just give me it all. And he's like, I gave you all of the tools. You tell me what you want. You know what I mean? It's both. It's not all him and it's not all you, but it's a blend of the two. That might get exposed in the head-heart connection. I am just all about the heart. I just, oh, I just want to hear Yahweh or whatever that may be. And he's like, can you, it's okay to use your mind, daughter. It's all right to hear my voice and actually give yourself permission to say, this is what I want. This is what I desire, right? So it, it could come in that way too. Yeah, so we'll do 10 minutes and just know that as you put your pen to your paper, Regarding those six things, you are things are going to be set in motion. Okay, so we'll do, we'll do ten minutes. Ten minutes. It, everybody who has six, raise your hand. Okay, most everybody. Okay, for the sake of time, we're going to move forward, but you, we can still. This is an ongoing thing. So. What's interesting at this point is, right, maybe you haven't even, maybe you're looking at your list and you didn't realize that those are the things that you're constantly thinking about. Maybe you do realize. Um, if you're in, uh, right, if you're in a marriage, an interesting thing is to note if your two lists are the same or not, or similar or not, right? That's another layer. What I want you guys to do at this point with whatever you have on your list, whether you have six or not, is I want you to look at those things and identify with each individual thing on your list. What does my heart say about this? And what what does my mind say about it? Okay. First, and it, I, I don't know about you guys, but I just feel like it's a powerful tool when you have to map what's inside because you're creating a roadmap. And so if we're having a hard time finding six things, there should be a million things that we're intentional about. But then to recognize like, what are those anthems in my life? Because then you can mold every single one of your days, making sure that you're touching on at least those six. So if you're like, well, I only know about my top two, it's probably because for, you know, for me, it's easy for me to dive all into one thing. But then years from now, I'll be like, but then this, this, and this, right? So for me, for example, one of, one of our spokes, I'll just use as, as an example, is health. But if I'm like, oh man, like no, family, 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 family. And then all of a sudden 10 years down the road and it's like, whoa, I have completely neglected how I eat, what I do. Now I've got diagnosis. It, so there's an aspect of understanding that what this is doing is it's creating a balance in your life that he wants you to not get to the end of something and be like, I just nailed kids. Like my kids are amazing and I am, you know, run down. My whole identity is in my kids. I, we had no entertainment. One of our spokes is entertainment. We had no entertainment. We had no play. We had no marriage because it was just kids. That can happen, but you won't. You, we won't operate like the world when you recognize that your marriage and your, you know, that those things 
are things that you can focus on so that you're not neglecting that later and saying, oh, I'm really successful in this one thing, but it could be in all things that he has our insights on. So for the, <laughs> to put it another way, when you look at the first thing on your list, what has, what has been your heart's desire for that area of your life? And does your language match? That's what we're getting to. What I was going to say on a practical note is now that you've got your things, come up with one goal. There's going to be multiple, but under each thing, come up with one goal in a year from now. A full night and a full day, at least one goal that you don't currently have that you want for each of those things. Then once you have that one goal, you're going to look at that goal and you're going to identify what does my heart say about that goal and what does my mind say about that goal. And if they're not saying the same thing, we've got some work to do. That's individually. We need our heart and mind to be on the same page now. So it doesn't, I'm not saying that it will be. I'm just saying we're, what, what's happening is, is we're practically learning how we're not going to get at the end of our day and be like, whoa, we didn't even, we weren't even on the same page with that. So we're trying to get on the same page as we enter the night season so that our dreams are on point with that authority so that when the day season comes, we're on the same page. Does that make sense? So once you have your goal, you're identifying if there's any division between the heart and the head, that's individual. And if you are in a marriage or in a covenant, you're also going to identify what does, so for us, he is for sure the heart and I am the mind. So when he has a goal, first of all, we have to identify if our goals are the same. That's the first thing. It was, it was easy for us to identify our six. But then when it came time to the goals, it was like, oh, you want to go that far in that? Okay. <laughs> I was thinking, and then all of a sudden you realize, it's like when we did the marriage ministry in New Mexico, and he said, so what are we? What's our rate? And I'm like, a two? And he's like, oh, I thought we were like an eight. Your goals all of a sudden are off. Well, that's going to show. His heart will be like, we can. And my brain's like, oh, that ain't possible. So you can see yeah. where, so. Well, as an example, so, so look at your list as of right now first, because I think a lot of times our heart will be desiring something, but because of the circumstances, my mind is saying something completely opposite. So you have to, uh, you have to recognize that first, right? Am I opposing myself? Are my heart and mind out of alignment with this area? And if they are, the first thing you have to do is, is recognize that in order to make goals that you're going to get to a year from now. Does and this is how we get the language to line up, because if we don't even identify that there's a disconnect there, then we're going to try to figure out what are we framing and why are we framing that and what are we saying? Well, we're saying things because we're speaking out of two different places. Is there any questions? Regina, you had a question. Yeah, so for an example. Heart is emotional. Um, how else would you describe 
Like, I mean, just to give a personal example, I've had a heart desire that, and I, and I believe it's God breathed that we would own a lot of assets in real estate because of what the opportunity that that gives our family and solidifies future generations and things like that. But because of circumstances, my mind will say, I will get right to the threshold of a breakthrough in that area and the door will slam in my face. So I'm essentially in my mind, in my language, I'm framing something that is opposing the very vision that he put in my heart, if that makes sense. So in that area, if I was to write that down, I could look at my heart's desire. This is what Yahweh has put in my heart but this is what I'm constantly saying about it. This is what my language is constantly framing about this situation and they're just opposing each other. So you can see how that, that very thing is not going to come to fruition in the way that Yahweh intended it if my language was in alignment, my heart and my mind were in alignment. Does that make sense? So I think once you write down these things, you can really look at this and examine What's my heart desire? What does my mind say about it? Are those things in alignment with each other? And that might expose, right? If you're going through this exercise, helping you to examine yourself, that might expose, wow, I had no idea that my heart and mind was not in alignment with this very issue. So let's take a few minutes. Let's take five minutes and just, you know, you don't necessarily need to write it down. Just take an inventory. Hey, am I in alignment with these things or not? Right? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least have one goal for this next year. That's what we're going to be dreaming about. So essentially, you're going to be practically dreaming in this night season. Now, remember, when I say dreaming, I associate that with the heart. It's the dreams. But in the night season, strategy also comes. So it's not like the heart is right and the brain is wrong. Like, it's not like the brain just tells the lies and the heart's always right. Your heart can be deceived. What? And your brain could be totally connected to his voice and your heart is totally. So like for me personally, I could have like all these goals and he'd look at it and he'd be like, do you, do you want to like have any fun? Like, or, or whatever. I mean, it might be like, do you, what do you want to do? Like he's told me, what do you want to do with your life in 10 years? And I, this is me. I'm living it. Which is, is, I mean, now that's that awesome. sounds super awesome, right? But my heart's deceived because I'm sitting here going, no, I, I live the best life. But if I'm always supposed to be moving from glory to glory, there's something in me capping and not saying that there could be more. So it goes both ways. My heart could be all in and dreaming and your brain is telling lies or your brain is leading and your heart is, you know, like my brain was telling me you're good. And, and yet there's this little, what? You know, he would be like, what do you want to do? You know, later on, I'm like, we're living the life. <laughs> See? And I was like, no. And he's like, no, we're not. And no. I'm like, yes, we are. <laughs> so. <laughs> you're, you're taking each topic and you're going to make a goal for the year in that topic. What do you want to see at the end of the day season for that one thing? So if it's health, 
by the end of the, in a year from now, I want to be at this weight or I want to have this goal or whatever that may be. There might be a goal. Then once you look at your goal, you're going to identify what does my heart say about that goal and what does my mind say about that goal? And you're going to identify where the disconnect is because if there's any disconnect, your language is not going to match up. And so then what are we framing for the next 24 hours? What are we framing for the next year, right? He can have, he, or uh, I can, um, trying to think of another example personally. There are things that I'll want, but then there are things that I'll see, but I'm typically framing what I see because whatever I put my mind on is what I adore. That's also what I become. So then my language is constantly framing. And then I'm over here like, why doesn't it ever happen? And he's like, because you're, you are speaking that. So there's something in our language. Remember when we talked about our mindset and how alive it is, that what comes out of our mouth is actually being framed before us. So we wanna make sure that our language is exactly what he has for us. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the question was, how is this different than name it and claim it? So how this is different is because the, so the, the reverse example could be you say everything right, but you're still a house divided. So that's why that has to come into alignment so that the language and what we say is truth, not well, I'm just going to disregard the mind, so I'm just going to say it, but really the mind's operating no matter what. So that's why we're go going to such a deep level to be able to identify if there's a disconnect, because if there's not a disconnect, then your language will be true. It's not just name it and claim it. I'm just going to by willpower say it. So that's what this is, is getting your heart and mind aligned with that goal, aligned with heaven, right? Because the goal needs to be both heavenly and it needs to be manifested on earth. So when you have that goal, what you're doing is you are getting in full alignment with that goal so that when you speak it, it's a true frame. Does that make sense? Or did that answer? Yeah, name it, claim it is the language is It's great. all language. But language is alive which can work to some degree, right? But we all know that if language is alive, it's not just about the words that come out of my mouth. It's about a frequency, it's about the energy. It's about what I'm saying, but what I'm really saying, right? I can say something in my face, it's like not, right? There's, uh, there's so much to language. It's body language, it's facial expressions, it's energy. I can go like this and say a lot, right? So there's a lot to language, it's not just what we say. That's why we want every part of our being, not just our language as far as words are concerned, but our language, remember language is breath. Remember everything we taught about with language, it's not just about like what we're gonna talk about or what we're gonna frame. This is the breath that comes out of me, what I'm living, what I'm breathing, what I'm breathing in, what I'm breathing out. All of that life and that movement all has to be in alignment for us to frame properly, which is why name it, claim it doesn't work because the only thing they care about is what not recognizing that there's a whole lot more to language. He created 
created out of language. Right? So when he's, when you have the ability to create through that language, it wasn't just him speaking a word. There was so much behind him speaking that word. Yeah, so to add to that, if you if you go back to why we're talking about language in the connection to building in the first place, we were getting that from the Tower of Babel and the, the meaning behind that story, which has to do with the character of what was being built was off. The character was off. The integrity was off. And so when you talk about name it and claim it, the emphasis is just on a process of speaking things, but not necessarily with an emphasis on the character or the process behind it, right? Anybody could name and claim whatever, prosperity, health, whatever, but if your heart's not in it or you really don't believe that, then that's where that disconnect is. And so what she's saying is it's, name it and claim it is like a half, it's, it's, a, it's a half of a process. We're getting to the original intent of creation. We, if, if name it and claim it was, would we want Yahweh to be like, I guess I'll just name it and claim Earth. Earth. <laughs> right? I mean, what do you think but he created? He created out of his being. He then put man on Earth and said that they are made in my images. His breath. His breath was... He said, what I am will be made manifest. It's a complete mirror. It's a reflection. So what I frame isn't just what I say. Or else I would just be like, I want... Ah. You know, versus what I'm going to create is what's going to come out of me. Now, language, our, our words is a big part of it, but there's a whole lot more than words because we got to identify what's inside. Because ultimately what we're getting at is whatever's on the inside is what's going to be on your outside in about six months. And the problem is, is we don't ever want to deal with our insides. And then we're mad about what we see during the day when we wake up. So we're getting into that depth of the insides so that when we create, it is him and his image in me that is being made manifest on this earth. Thanks, Zeke. <laughs> So as, as we've been talking and you're taking that inventory, is anybody having a realization like, oh, this certain area, I've been totally out of alignment. Is anybody noticing that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was just wondering because, right, right, with any of those things on your, in your life, all of them. <laughs> Does anybody have their list and you're like, wow, I'm just, I'm right in alignment. I'm good to go. Is anybody there? Is anybody there? <laughs> Zeke, he's like. So the, the cool thing about this, and like I said, this is an ongoing process that, you know, when you're at the dinner table and you're taking, you know, you're setting things in motion. These are, these are the dynamics that are behind all of that. And the cool thing is when you start to identify where you're at, not only where you're at, but this is where I want to be, it gives you the ability to see what you have to put into alignment to set that in motion. 
and even accelerate it, right? Because the, the blessings are commanded in the state that we're in right now, right? So I really believe whatever the things are that you're That's writing unity. down, whatever you, whatever, right? The yod, when Yahweh touched the first, the yod, right? Mm -hmm. It's the first touch the of the pen on paper is creation, it's a spark of creation. And I truly believe whatever you wrote down, man, because of tonight, whatever you wrote down, Yahweh wants to be, he wants you to be aligned and he wants to set things in motion mm -hmm. like never before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This isn't just like a fun exercise. What can we do to <laughs> kill some time on Friday? It's we got to teach. Let me look up, <laughs> let me Google a cool activity. Oh, this is good. Let's do this. Right? This is so not that. This is so him. His breath is on whatever you wrote down. And like I said at the beginning, some of the greatest fruit, the mm -hmm. seeds of the greatest fruit was sown at a table. Mm -hmm. Table. Mm -hmm. Like, man, the seeds you guys are sowing right now. Mm -hmm. You're going to, like, every, whatever you guys are writing down, there's going to be some acceleration. And here's the thing. If you let it, if you realize something's out of alignment and you just tolerate that, you will accelerate misalignment. Like misalignment will get more carried away and cause things to happen. Right? So it's almost like, that's why she said, this is dangerous. This is, I, I would say at this time, this is revolutionary what we're doing right now because what we're doing is going to safeguard the path forward. And I'm telling you right now, it's a narrow of narrows, right? You're safeguarding your walk on the narrow path. Other people are going to look at you like you're an alien, Noel. They're going to say, what is this tabernacle thing you're doing? I see on Facebook. What it, what they're going to think you're an alien, bro. <laughs> Right? right, but embrace it, man, because mm -hmm. you're on the narrow path, and mm -hmm. what we're doing is safeguarding your path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like what you guys are riding down, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't think anybody here would take, you know, oh, whatever, I'll write this down. Like, man, you're always paying attention mm -hmm. to what we wrote down. You and because I mean? we're after character, integrity, and alignment and not just, hey, write down your yearly goal, but we're after his heart and his and our mind aligning with what he's saying. That means that whatever you put down, all of heaven is championing, yeah. championing your mm -hmm. goal. Mm -hmm. Some of the biggest struggles that we deal with is we think that we're at odds with heaven. Why didn't it happen? Why did, is he lit? Oh, what it, what it, what it, what? That's the language. That's yeah, it's, it's this, and yet he's saying, if you would get into full alignment, the flow of heaven, there's nothing, there is nothing that cannot, that is why it says that it is, all things are possible, right? It's not the, it's not the scripture, all things are possible through Christ, Yes, what does through him mean? That means in only him. So that means if I'm not fully him and there's some of me left, does that, 
all things are possible through him, but he will say that through him. So, so I'm just, I'm not going to do anything. And he's like, I'm in you. So there's this, there's this vertical, all things are possible in him, this way and this way. And there's a co-laboring of what we do and who he is and the expression of that. And because we're after the alignment and we're after the character and we're after the integrity, your goals will be made manifest. Amen? Now, remember, we're talking personally, but if you are in a marriage or you are in a covenant or you have other uh, family members that are going to be a part of your goal— you're going to have to identify who's the head and who's the heart at times. And you're going to have to identify that language. Because when we're at odds, the language that he'll speak or the language that I speak is directly opposing. Right? I mean, that's probably for another lesson. But the things that I would say in my gifting would feel like direct opposition to dreaming. Because I'm like, rein it back in. Not because I'm saying we're not going to get there. We're so going to get there, but let's rein it back in so we can get there. But as I'm saying rein it back in, he's got that lie of the door is always going to be slammed in my face. So when I say rein it back in, his immediate response is, so I, so I have to work more? I have to prove until this? It's just, it's, it's just that constant. And then, and then when I'm saying rein it back in, in my head, this is how I think I'm so crazy. Let's rein it back in because I can't wait to run. And he's thinking I'm against him. And then when he's like, you don't get what I want. And then it's like, he, then my gifting starts to get pushed down. And then, it, then I start to believe maybe I am against him. And I don't know what the heck is going on. And I don't support him. And I do wear the pants. And I totally pushed you down. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, but it's not, it's just how we, our language. And my reign it back in. Here's the first step is me being his biggest champion. And he's taking it like, I was all the way over here, and you're going to make me come back all the way over here. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like so excited. And he's like, I am not excited. Because he's talking about, he said real estate. Let's be real. I want another property. Can we mow the lawn in our yard? In our, can we mow the weeds? Super exciting. And he's like, no. I'll do it over there. No, here first. Right? But, that, but it's not because I want to stay. Well, there's an aspect. I'll stay here all day long. Right? So there's that press because if I didn't have him, I wouldn't ever take the steps to get there. I would just be like, just keep mowing the lawn. Right? Mow the lawn to what? Whatever that is. So identify the head and the heart, how you work together, what those roles are. And we're going to begin to see some relationships begin to manifest in a really cool way through the night season. Right? But okay, come on. Int okay. How do you want to wake up the next day? Out of intimacy and connection? Or out of discord, misunderstanding, no intimacy, right? I mean, this is what's happening in the night season. And you are getting entangled with one another. And that entanglement is what is going to attract what happens the next day. Can I tell you guys something funny? No. <laughs> so we're having this whole conversation about <laughs> real estate. And I'm wanting to, like, go to the new, you know, move to the next thing. 
And she's like, well, we have to steward what we have, you know, and... <laughs> That's right? exactly the how focus, I talk. The fo- <laughs> <laughs> she's like, right, the focus is on stewarding what we have, and we're, we'll, we'll slowly move forward towards what I'm seeing. And so... We had this whole conversation working through some stuff. Are you serious right now? Yeah. Well, it's funny. So then we, happen, we, were, we were having this conversation on the way to the mall. What were we shopping for? <laughs> I can't remember what we were shopping for, but she needs new underwear, right? She's had the same, she's had the same underwear. Hey, listen, look. We're grown, we're married, okay? I got underwear that's like five years old, okay? Right? Don't, nobody needs, <laughs> nobody, nobody needs to look at me crazy right now. Like, grown people don't have the same stuff in their closet for like 10 years, okay? So no, so listen, this was funny. <laughs> So we're at the mall and we walk past the underwear section and I was like, oh, you should, you should, I won't describe it, but I'm like, you should get this and walk around the house in it, right? And she's like, no, I don't, whatever. And so when we got back to the house, we went back to our house to pack some stuff. What I said was, I'm not walking around in that at the hotel. So anyway, I went and grabbed some of the old stuff out of her closet and I brought it down and I'm like, we're taking this to the hotel. And she's like, why? I'm not, I'm not, what are you doing? She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, we got to steward the stuff we have. <laughs> like, we need to utilize what we have so that we can get, you know, move on to the next thing. <laughs> he's like, he's like, because the, the whole, the whole, the whole, and reve- she couldn't, she could, the whole revelation. <laughs> The whole revelation was that we need to capitalize, right? The whole revelation was we need to capitalize on Mm -hmm. what we have. And he's Mm -hmm. like, we're going to be capitalizing on what we have. And I looked at him and I was like, I want to punch you in the face and kiss you. I don't know what is going on. (laughs) And so he was like, because we're all about consistency. And he's like, touche. (laughs) <laughs> Touche. <laughs> we're in the laundry room. I'm like, uh, this is going to be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. <laughs> yeah. We're done. <laughs> Sally, come up here. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> For anyone that has enjoyed this podcast... <laughs> You can subscribe at Kingdom Heirs. <laughs> a lot of husbands being like, Heck yeah. <laughs> Wives, if you are listening to this, have your husbands tap in. <laughs> <laughs> Sign the waiver. Woo. That was good. Hurts. That was good. <laughs> There's going to be all kinds of capitalizing. We're going to be reconciling in the next few months. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> Shalom. Shabbat shalom.
Shabbat Shalom. But here's what's so awesome. You guys listen to this. He forgot what we were shopping for. He doesn't even remember what we were shopping for because he's so focusing on stewarding what we got. Lingerie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh my God, we had breakthrough right at the dinner table. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, well, pull out your phones and let's trade into that. <laughs> All right, number is 928-288-4547. We are going to close out the trading floor with that because that's good stuff, you guys. Uh, not only that, but just the practical application, the, the training in our mindsets, the training in how we think, the strategy of, you know, logically and who's the heart and who's the head and how do we operate in this as a family, you know? I mean, all that's really good. I don't know of any other body that's being took through that kind of discipleship. So thank you, mom and dad. That was good. All right, so shifting into, we know that last week we had heard about first fruits. You guys remember uh, that normally the second week of the month is our first fruits offering where we celebrate, um, but we felt a shift in not necessarily doing it this week, but doing it next week. And so we have another week to prepare our first fruit offering to be able to self-reflect. I mean, even if it's in these things, you guys, I actually kind of think that's awesome because we didn't know why we were going to shift first fruits to next week. But I'm feeling like now in all of this, we can literally see whatever harvest is going to come next week and give according to that. So as we see that harvest, yeah, as we see that harvest come from our goals, he will attach a number to that, and then we'll give that first fruit next week. So we'll come ready for that, okay? All right, and then um, you guys know, actually, uh, Diana, can you get that piece of paper on top of my purse, and can you just pass that around, please? That is actually the sign-up menu for a family night that is going to happen during our financial meeting in two weeks. I know we're changing the structure of how our services look, uh, but in our, during our financial meeting, that is the sign-up for the food that we're going to bring. It's going to be cold uh, finger foods is what we're going to do. So there's sign-up for sandwiches, for chips and dip, hummus and veggies, Pasta salad. I really want someone to make deviled eggs, even though it's not on there. <laughs> I want someone to make deviled eggs. Um, and so anyway, <laughs> oh, will you? will you? Oh, Gabe is saying yes, yes. See, ask and you shall receive. There you go. <laughs> but we are going to bring a king-sized portion of whatever we sign up for. 
uh, to celebrate that and the financial meeting. So if we're getting this kind of stuff now and we're talking about goals and dreams and strategy and vision and we're figuring out who that is in our families, I cannot wait for in two weeks that financial meeting then because we already know so many testimonies have come as a result of just giving into Kingdom Heirs and how our parents have stewarded this body that I can't wait to hear about, um, you know, about that financial meeting and then just be able to celebrate that. Let's see. So, um, I actually think that's pretty much it, you guys. How did you feel about tonight? It's good? Yes. All right. Well, let me go ahead and pray us out. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that you have downloaded, for all the wheels that are turning, all the gears that you are allowing to, uh, in a sense, be dusted off, Father, and, and start to move again, Father. We just declare that that oil that was given tonight, um, that that oil is starting to lubricate those old gears, Father. And we just thank you that things are starting to move, that momentum is happening, that, Father, as we experience that individually and in our families, that that is happening because as a corporate body, we're going to do that as well. So we thank you for all that you have lined up for uh, the faith that you're going to continue to build in us as we go out and practice this with our spouses or with our children or uh, just with ourselves. However you lead us to do that, we ask that you would just bless that time and, um, and bless everyone here, bless everyone in our online community and allow us to just continue to operate in Shabbat and for the next 24 hours in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.